0: Now, tonight's a little unique, and I just wanted to give you a heads up. Tonight is uh, uh, we take time every so often just to uh, celebrate communion. Uh, And so tonight's what we call just a worship and communion night for those who are not used to our, our language or what that is. And it's a night when we really remember what Christ has done for us. Uh, and so we're going to have some time where we sing a little bit more uh, than we normally do, and just a shorter time uh, of kind of the message. In fact, that part is actually done by one of our own house church pastors tonight, Michael Sandoval. Excited, um, super fun. Uh, and so I'd just say, if you're here and you're just like, "Whoa, there's a lot of singing, and I don't really know what to do with that, and the lights, and whatever," uh, I. Which is fair enough, right? Here's what I'd say is, I, I went shooting with a friend today, like shooting shotguns, a buddy of mine, it was awesome, number one, uh, but the second thing was, I suck at shooting, you know, I mean like really, really badly, uh, like we did 50 shots and I got one, I hit one of the clay pigeons out of 50, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Glad we're celebrating mediocrity now. Um, but here's what it was for me. It wasn't so much about getting to shoot as getting to experience and sit back and watch. And I sat back on a bench for about an hour or so and just watched these guys go. And it was like, really, I was out of my element. I didn't really know what was going on. But I just kind of watched and I just took it in. I was just like, man, that is so cool. And I could appreciate and see things that I'd never seen before. And I just encourage you, if you're, if you're here and you're just kind of like, this church is kind of a weird deal. And you're like, well, are we in a church or a school? Yes. Yes, both. Um, but I just encourage you, sit back and just go, okay, and take it in and just go, okay, what is this experience? And, and I didn't invite you to go, hey, God, if you're real, would you meet me? Would you speak to me? This verse, you know, if, if he's really the God of the universe, he can get your attention, right? And he says, if you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. And I just encourage you to start that journey. Uh, for those of us that are followers of Christ, as we dive into communion, I just, there's a picture, last weekend I was in West Virginia, and me and my brothers and my little sister, uh, we were hanging out with my granddad's, I hadn't been there in 20 years, uh, and just seeing the place brought back a flood of memories of, as a kid, and just these cool, amazing moments, uh, and, and we flipped through picture albums, and it's so cool. Have you ever, like, looked at a picture that you totally forgot? And you're like, no way. And you had totally forgotten that moment in time, but all of a sudden that picture just showed up and, and everything came back and the feelings. And I had that as just me and my brothers are looking at pictures of us as kids, you know, 25 years ago or more. And, and it was like, wow. And, and that's what communion is. Communion is, a, is, a, is that picture of where we stop and remember just exactly what Jesus did for us, that he, we have a God that loved us so much that he would go to whatever lengths to be with us, to the point of sending his son on a cross for us, that we might have a relationship with him, that he died on the cross, rose again the next day, or third day, I read my Bible more often, <laughs> that we could have a relationship with him, and that he, my hope is for those of us followers of Christ that as you, and the way we do it in the back, I'll just give you the heads up and that'll give you the off the hook there, Michael. Is We just have bread and you tear it off and you dip it in the the grape juice or the wine uh, and the bread represents his body broken for you. The wine or grape juice represents his blood shed for you. And, And you just have that picture of remembering, Jesus this is what you've done for me. May I never forget, may I always remember the great length to which you went to have a relationship with me. And our simple response back is just, I love you. That's it. It's just an amazing reality where we go, God, you are awesome. And that would be one of those pictures that maybe remind you of when you first started walking with Christ and you experienced and tasted his love and acceptance and hope and peace and forgiveness for the first time. And my prayer for you is just one real simple during our time as we worship together, that you just would be overwhelmed with his love. That you just would be overwhelmed with his love and his presence. And in this moment, that you would be present because the God of the universe is already present with you.
1: Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful and humbled um, by your presence and the fact that you don't leave us alone, um, but you do indeed pursue us and uh, have a, a awesome plan for us. So we open our hearts to you, pray that you would shine through. It would not be my words, but you this evening as we uh, kind of talk about communion. We invite you once again to have your way with us in your name. Amen. Um, once again, I'll embarrass Ryan, but, you know, it's really awesome that he, you know, Ryan had, you know, t- has talked since I've talked to Ryan about planning this church, which has been a while. Um, from the very beginning, he's always said, man, we want to get folks like you. I mean, I'm just this construction dude, um, you know, that, that have a desire to maybe share things, you know. And, and from the beginning, he said, you know, we want to give you opportunity to do that. And, you know, here I am. And I've heard that before, but Ryan has put feet to that. He's secure in his leadership, and, and I'm blessed that by that. Hopefully you guys are tonight as well. Um, but real quick, a couple of weeks ago, you know, Ryan said he wanted me to share a little bit about communion and, and, and some of the awesomeness or kind of the, uh, the weightiness of this. And as you begin to look at it, you know, there's a lot going on. You know, really communion began, right, with Jesus and the Last Supper, and the Last Supper was his last meal. If you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all talk about this Passover meal, the last time that he was with his disciples together when he was living, the last meal he had. And that was part of the Passover celebration. Now, in Jewish, Jewish culture, this was a week long party almost, week long festival, right? They're celebrating the Hebrews being freed or their Exodus. That's the word. Did anybody watch the Ten Commandments? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, you know, they're really celebrating that thing, that just exodus from Egypt and the way God led them out and brought them out. So Passover is that celebration. It has all these symbols and rituals that really are kind of cool. But in the midst of this, when Jesus is taking the Passover, he interjects into this symbolism, into all this ritual. What does he say? Right? He says, this is my body. In the midst of some of the ceremony, he's taking some of that ceremony and saying, This is me. I, I, you know, they don't see it yet, but I'm you know, this is my body broken. You don't understand it, but this is what I'm doing for you and am going to do. And then what else does he say? He says, This wine, this is part of the ceremony. I love the Jewish culture. There's a lot of wine drinking. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> can you say that, Ryan? I don't know. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> but in this Passover thing, there's like four cups of wine that you're supposed to drink the whole thing. They, they probably might, well, I don't know how much they drank. I would be, I couldn't do this. <laughs> I couldn't do it. But anyway, so there's this, this thing. He says, this cup is my blood, which is going to be poured out for you. Very likely, his disciples had to be blown away. Because he is referencing something that happened in Jesus' time. This was 1,300 years ago. You know, as best as I can tell, reading people that try to convince you all kinds of dates. But somewhere around 1,300 years ago, this, he's referencing what happened back then. And says, you know, all those shadows, all those pictures, I'm the fulfillment of it. And he says, I want you to remember this moment. I want you to remember what's... They don't realize it, but I want you to remember what's happening. You don't understand it, but you will. And we are awesome on the other side of this. Now, 2,000 years later, we have this tradition that really has its roots almost 3,000 years ago. And then pointed to Jesus, now Jesus came, and then we have this awesome fulfillment of it that we get to participate in tonight. Now see, communion is a celebration. It's this odd tension of celebration and you know what? I wish I had a chair that swiveled. <laughs> I'm about to fall off this thing. Um, <laughs> um, we have this awesome chance to, to have this awesome, you know, celebration. We celebrate what Christ did, but we also take this moment to reflect. It's a moment of reflection. See, we're not celebrating something that we do. It's not celebrating something that I've done. We're not celebrating this awesome laws that I fulfilled or some spiritual code. We're not saying, yay, look at me, look what I did. That's not the celebration. And the celebration is not something done in me, not something done by me. It's not something done in me, in that we're not saying, hey, you know, I meditated and totally emptied myself, and I'm a higher plane of understanding or consciousness. That's not what it's about either. It's not something that happens or done inside of us. What we're celebrating is something that was something that was done for us. Right? That's this is the gospel message. We're coming down to the cross. This is the roots of what we believe. To be a Christ follower, this is the roots of who we are. This is what Paul says. I'm going to try to read this. I realize I'm getting old. Uh, and so up last service I was up here trying to read and I've said I've got to get one of the large print Bibles because I'm going to, and I'm looking under my glasses and it's dark. So bear with me. But in Ephesians 2, Paul says this. Um, it really starts. If you have your Bibles, this is good stuff. So get it out. Let's look at Ephesians two. Just a preference and preference in verses one through three, Paul is talking about the condition of the of this church, what they were like before they understood and embraced the cross, and they were really messed up. He summarizes it by saying, "You guys," Paul saying this, me included, "we were children of wrath." But this is what we celebrate right here, verse four. Kind of there. How does it start? But God. Okay, this is where we were, but we celebrate this but God moment, that in the midst of the ugliness of our hearts, in the midst of those things that we know so deeply and sometimes are moved so depressingly down, there's this moment where God says, in the midst of that, but God moved. There's three things I want you to catch after this. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, Even when we were dead in our trespasses, verses 1 through 3, he made us alive together with Christ. And by grace you have been saved. I love this. This, That phrase doesn't fit in the reading. It kind of just jumps out at you. It's like Paul can't wait to tell you. Man, this is about grace. Okay, but um, going back, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) Even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together in Christ. But by grace you have been saved. And he raised us up and seated us with him. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There's three things I want us to take away. Paul's telling us a little clue of why we celebrate. It's a picture of who God is. God, what? He was what? Being rich in mercy. What do you think about when you think about God? If you're a follower of Christ, if mercy is not part of the picture, we need to back up and embrace this and get a picture of it. But God being rich, it's not just mercy, it's rich mercy. I didn't study the Greek, but I think that really means rich mercy. <laughs> it's deep, it's heavy, it's weighty. It's mercy that really transcends the justice that I deserve. It's mercy that transcends verses one through three. Go home and read it. It's not a pretty picture of where we came from. So, we, God, Paul is giving us a picture of who God is. The next thing he tells us is what's God's motivation? What's it say? great love. Because of his great love with which he loved us. That's a it's a lot of words, a lot of love. Um, and once again, it's not just a matter of love. It's this great love. And he loved us in the midst of the ugliness of where we were, verses one through three. So here we have this picture, who God is, what he's motivated by, and then most importantly, or very importantly, because it's all important, but the, you know, the, the culminating point is what he did. That's what we celebrate. He makes us alive. He wants us to transfer all that ugliness of verses 1 through 3 because of what he did on the cross. He has a way to not only be just, deal with our sin completely and holy, but he has a way of being merciful and presented Christ the perfect sacrifice who willingly said, I will live the perfect life which you all cannot do. I will live that for you and I'll die on your behalf. Man, that's what we celebrate. That's totally what we celebrate. Who God is, this is just a picture, too. You could spend a lifetime studying who God is. But for tonight, just remember, he's rich in mercy. And we could study and worry about what motivates and what moves God, but I'll tell you the most moving, important thing to me, significant, is that he's great in love. He's moved. He's motivated by love. Love towards you, love toward me, a great love. And then that thing I want you to walk away with tonight and remember what we celebrate and what we're doing is what he did. He made us alive in the midst of the ugliness of verses 1 through 3. You're all going, what are verses 1 through 3, I'm going to read them. Good, <laughs> read them. <laughs> um, but in the midst of that, um, he, he made a way. He loved us. He, he, he sent his son to live the life we couldn't, to bear the sin, to bear the punishment that we don't want to so that we could be free we could be made alive, like it says, made alive in Christ. Now, here's the challenge. Um. Sporting my R12 bookmarker. Um, here's the challenge. It pre- just preaches in this, from here and tonight, right now, we all say, yeah, that sounds great. But the reality is this is meant to be lived out in the context of community. This is meant to be where the rubber hits the road is where you and I, you know, you know clash you know, I, I love house church, but, you know, but sometimes, you know, I'm tired. I don't want to go to house church. It's my house. I've got to go. Yeah. Yeah. So the context of the community is I choose what's best for somebody else. No longer is it about me. We celebrate this thing in such a way that it's not about me anymore. Now, I, I can't read it because there's a lot. of it. I tried to read it last service and I was doing this, but I'll paraphrase as best I can. Paul talks this letter is to the Ephesians that we just have talked about. He writes a letter to Corinthians a little bit later. Um, and uh, Steve Clifford calls the Corinthian church the jacked-up church. You know, it was messed up. It got things really wrong. And where it really went wrong was the way they celebrated communion. It began, began to become this totally selfish, self-absorbed thing. And as I read it, I was really wrecked. Um, I have to read one verse if I don't fall over. In 1 Corinthians 11 is where this where he talks about it. You know, he talks about how the Corinthians began to make the the celebration of Passover about them, or the, rather, the celebration of communion about them. Because remember, Passover used to be this week long feast, this week long party. It just became this out of control thing, where you know, some that really had a lot of food, they they just ate all the food because they had brought the food and it was ours, and they didn't wait for those who needed. Things were so messed up they just began to lose the honor that they needed to have for one another. No longer did they honor each other, but this celebration became this really whacked up, messed up, selfish, it's all about me thing. And Paul says, man, this is wrong. In verse 22, this is what he says, 1122. Okay, here we go. He starts it with this. Simply, he says, what? He he described how messed up it was and says, what? My construction vernacular kind of wants to take over and finish that saying. Don't think about that too long. I won't come up here again. But somebody's laughing behind me. Somebody gets it. I know what you're thinking. What, you know, what are you doing? Do you read this, or listen to this. It says, do you not, see, I, say, I can't read this thing thing. Do you have, do you not have houses or places to eat? Um, now I lost it. I was struggling with these same verses before. I probably ought to read this Bible a little bit more often. Here it is, It's like verse 20, end of verses 22. He says, or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? So I was, I mean, this, this verse wrecked me. Because granted, probably here in the Silicon Valley, I don't have to worry about too many people not really having something to eat. I don't have to worry too much about this family of God, this community that we're in, not having clothes in a place. But I think there's another poverty that I become oblivious to. You know, earlier today, somebody came up to me and says, "I just need a papa hug." You know, well, people need community. That we need each other, and we sometimes, I do, come to this <laughs> come to this place, come to my, you know, come to our house churches, and we think, "Man, I'm going to hang out with the cool folks. I'm going to meet my, you know, hang with the people that really make me feel good." And we sometimes miss the very things that are, the very need that's under our noses. So I want to challenge you that as we reflect. Remember, we talked about celebration. Now I want to move into this reflection that in some ways this thing is really not about me. You know, we, find, we want to find the, the context of community and express this thing in this selfless love. Now, this doesn't, I'm not trying to end this in a downer, but I'm tr- really this really be, brings us full circle again. We go back to that celebration and remember, man, I'm following a God when I think of the cross, I think of this God who's rich in mercy. I think of this God who's moved by love. And I think of this God who did something amazing by sending the most costly thing he could think of for my behalf. So as we reflect, I want to challenge you just a little bit to think about where you are positioned toward the cross. That's what we reflect on. What's our condition? What's our position? What's our posture toward the cross? Is it about me and I'm headed my way and my, my friends and whatever? But as we come into community, let our posture be one of, man, I'm here to serve this awesome God who did awesome things and has this awesome character and is motivated by great love, and I belong to this awesome community. I have something to give. Um, And we have something to give outside this community as well. We'll talk about that. But there's something about communion that has this essence of, of community to it.